This is episode number 74 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Now, in text, it talks about in our dispersion, how other nations will view Israel. We will be a laughingstock. We will be in a diminutive state. Why is that? And why aren't these mitzvot being taught? Let's explore that and a couple of other different issues in this particular podcast. Hebrews in Exile, you know what we do. Let's go! You're my light. You're a creation. You make everything right. Give me more power. Give me more love, yeah. Give me more passion. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in Exile. Sean. All right, honorable teacher. Yes, sir. I have taken the liberty to go to the internet and search for black Hebrews. Ah, like us. Yeah. That are teaching the same thing. I said, and I came across a couple of very interesting um, snippets that I found recorded online. And I kind of want to talk about that before I, I, I'm going to share some mitzvahs tonight because we, you know, y'all don't really realize there is so much to talk about that now I'm in lockdown to have to get back to sharing with you the mitzvahs, but there is a whole lot going on yeah. in our world that's germane to the Father's word that I'm sorry, people don't have a clue. Yeah, agreed. Don't have a agreed. clue. But, agreed, agreed. So I'm I'm searching and I'm going through the internet and I'm looking at stuff and I found I found a couple of podcasts that I want I want to mention okay. tonight because. I want you to, we we have to separate ourselves from the narrative. Ah, okay. And there is a very, how do I put it? There is a very inaccurate, but could be accurate narrative of how Hebrew Israelites in America are being defined. Hmm, this is interesting already. Okay. okay. All right. There is a guy that's been around for a long time he is christian no. okay and his name is hank hanagraph hmm. and hank hanagraph has a podcast and he had an individual uh on his show named vocab malone both of these individuals are not melanated people okay but they want to make a case for black Hebrews. Hmm. They write. So he had on this podcast, this individual, and they were talking about urban apologetics and how it is that people are leaving the Christian church in groves. Um, and uh, they indicated that um, 
Um, once again, these are not melanated people. But they said that black Hebrew Israelites also called Hebrew Israelites or black Hebrews, black Israelites, and the African Hebrew Israelites are groups of African Americans who believe that they are descendants of the ancient Israelites. So we're so what they're what these what these unmelanated people are saying, mm -hmm. they're saying that we believe mm -hmm. that we are uh from the ancient uh Israelites. Okay. He didn't say anything that ain't true. No, 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 no. That 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 statement is incorrect. Okay. Remember, remember, there is a difference between believing something and knowing something. Okay. I don't believe mm, okay. that I am a I am a descendant from the father's people. Right. I know I That's am something you know. Right. I know I am. Okay. By virtue of scripture, I know that I am a descendant sure. of my ancestors who were diasporaed out of the land, mm -hmm. brought to these various nations mm -hmm. via the slave trade. Right. Because the Most High said that was going to happen. Sure. And everything that's written in Scripture matches the plight that is upon me in this diasporaed land. Okay. So I don't believe I am. Okay. Some of you all out there might believe you are, but I don't believe I am. I know I am. Right. You, you've, you've got the scriptorial text to back that up so 100%. He says, he says they, they believe they are. To varying degrees, black Hebrew Israelites incorporate certain aspects of religious beliefs and practices of both Christianity and Judaism. Hold the point right there. Hold the point right there. Yeah, now I know why you're saying what you're saying. We got to make this distinction. Listen, dear ones, as we talk to you each week, and I'm going to read some more of this narrative that I found on the internet of how we are defined. We are not incorporating certain aspects of Judaism. As a matter of fact, we're not incorporating any Judaism at all. That's correct. If you knew, if if these <laughs> can't say what I want to say, <laughs> if these people knew what Judaism was, having gone to college mm -hmm. and gotten their degrees, they would understand that Judaism is the practice of the Talmud. Sure. Sure. We don't practice the Talmud. That's correct. No, no shape, form, or we fashion. We don't practice anything that is germane to Judaism. Mm -hmm. And we doggone sure, <laughs> doggone sure, right. ain't practicing nothing that has to do with Christianity. No, that's correct. Correct. Now, I wonder if he's making his, his and I'm, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder, but he's, the most prominent ones of us are the black, I mean, the purple and gold 
folks, and and they do a lot of what he's talking about, yeah. where they blend the two. Yeah. Now, now let me read. Let me, let me now let me read the entire sentence. Okay. To varying degrees, Black Hebrew Israelites incorporate certain aspects of religious beliefs and practices of both Christianity and Judaism, mm -hmm. though they have created their own interpretation of the Bible. No. <laughs> no. That's what Christianity has done. We're not inter we're we're not creating an interpretation of the Torah. Number one, Correct. we don't even call it the Bible. That's right. We don't call it the Bible. We don't call it the Bible. Right. From Bereshit to Second Chronicles, mm -hmm. that is the compilation of what we call the Tanakh. Inside the Tanakh is the Torah, the prophets, and the, and the writings. writings. Correct. And inside the Torah is the covenant that the Most High has made to Hebrew Israel. Correct. It's like a and constitution. inside mm -hmm. the Torah is Torah, which I will wager you all the money that anybody wants to put on the table mm -hmm. that these two gentlemen don't have. I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> Y'all know what I want to say. <laughs> these two individuals don't have a doggone clue what Torah is. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. When I sit here and I run down by scriptural context what a mitzvot is and what the Most High has said that we are supposed to do, that's Torah. Mm -hmm. Not the history. Right. The specific commandments, the mitzvotes. The rulings, yeah. The statute. That's Torah. Correct. Many choose to identify as Hebrew Israelites or black Hebrews rather than Jews in order to indicate their claimed historic connections. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 I'm not claiming. I'm not claiming. I mean, yeah, it's a historical connection back to Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Black Hebrew Israelites are not associated with the mainstream Jewish community. You're doggone right we're not. That's correct. They're not us and we're not them. That's correct. That's correct. Hey, Hank Hannah Graf. Uh, Hey, uh, what's your name up here? Uh, vocab Malone, um, why don't you go into our black history book, which is called the scripture, mm -hmm. everybody in is black, mm -hmm. except the Assyrians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, true. and 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 um, uh, Esau. Right. But everybody else in there is black. Right. Why don't you go back in there and why don't you start reading in Bereshit, <laughs> right. Genesis chapter 10, and define and tell me who the Akhenazi people are, are, and then tell me who the Hebrew people are. I bet you you can't do that. That's right. Because you don't know. That's right. And Even that, if you read it, you wouldn't know. Right. That's correct. But see, you know, 
let me interject something in here real quick because it's it's very cathartic that you say that because what again it's it's a testament and what I see what I see and hear in this is how far we've fallen as Hebrew he, just Hebrews period because now we're at a point in in dispensations of time where we've lost our name that any time that anyone thinks of someone that is when you say Hebrew a Hebrew they don't think of a melanated person at all. No. They think of a person that is non-melanated. Yes. So you've lost your name entirely to even with the association. When people think of Hebrews, they don't even think of you anymore. Think of a certain no. group of people. They no. think of somebody else. So the Most High is saying, okay, you want to mess up and not do my misfotes? I'm going to kick you out of the land. I'm going to disperse you across the four corners of the world. It's written in the prophets. And then I'm going to turn around and this time I'm going to take your name away. So when next time when, it, when I come back to deliver my people back to where they need to be, I'm going to have to do almost you know, triple the miracles on them because I have to now reestablish their name with this group of people. Yes. And that's the thing that it, reading the under, or at least when you were reading the undertone of what that gentleman was saying, it's like, how dare you sit up there, you imposters, and say that you are something that you are obviously, in our eyes, are not. And we can, again, I'd even go back further. So if you want to start reading... Mm -hmm about this melanation, why don't you read what the color of dirt was when we were formulated out the ground? We can go back even further into Bereshit. And there, there are all kinds of, of, of roadmaps and little, little, little uh, precursors or, and things along the way that help us understand who this melanated group of people. Heck, the name Pincus means dark-skinned. That's what it means. The son of Eleazar, the, the, who is the, Eleazar is the son of Aharon. These people came out of Egypt. How yeah. can you sit there and say that melanated people, melanated people, a group, a certain sect of melanated people are not Hebrew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if that's the case, you guys, well, I ain't going to oh. but, 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 but understand something, understand something, understand something, understand something. The people that are making the statement are part of the European connection that the Most High relates to as Gog and Magog. No, oh, that's true. That's true. So you got to consider the source. So Gog and Magog, <laughs> Europeans are trying to define for you and I who we are. Well, let me go on. Right. Let me go on. Let me go on. So black Hebrews are not associated with the mainstream Jewish community and they do not meet the standards that are used to identify people as Jewish by the Jewish community <laughs> or the cult on our culture as being African-American Hebrews, which they refer to as a cult. Listen, we're listening. <laughs> I want you. We, we've got we've what? got Europeans trying to define for us who we are. Right. Let me tell you something. I'm going to say it right now. All right. Y'all, All right. I can't say it like I got my seatbelt on. Oh, yes, you can. Goodness, I can't say that. Y'all been get they've been getting, around, getting away with doggy doo-doo ever since <laughs> ever since we have been in diaspora in exile. 
right? They have taken our name, they've taken our culture, and they have imp they have implanted their Greek theological doctrinal premise into the into the narrative of what is not true. And then you're going to come around and tell me that I don't act like I'm Jew. Well, no, I'm not Oxenazi. The right. Jews are Oxenazis. Mm -hmm. The Jews come from Japheth. Read Genesis chapter 10 and find, tell me who are the sons that are named under 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 Japheth. You will find Oxenazis there. You will also find Magog or Gog in there. That's European. And then if you go over into Yeshayahu, Isaiah, and I forget what chapter, he said, there are a people mm. who are called by the name Israel. Right. Who are they? Mm -hmm. He's talking about, he's talking about the Oxenazis. Mm. So don't tell me. No, I'm not living up to the standard of the Jewish community. The Jewish community has taken the Father's word, Torah, built a fence around it. It's called the Talmud. And they've added to it. They've done what the very rule of law in Torah says, do not add to and do not take, take away, away from, from these words I'm giving to you. If I can't say it. <laughs> Oh, I want to say it so bad. I wish I had $5 for every time you did. Oh, I want to say it so bad. <laughs> no. It's... Shut up! Right. Shut the up! <laughs> Don't try to... You can't define me on the basis of your westernized, Eurocentric, apologetic ideas. Right. And I'm saying to you Hebrew people out there that we're talking to that are trying to gravitate to this, there are various narratives that are out there that are trying to define uh that are trying to define this 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 whole idea of 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 Hebrewism. Oh, I had another one here. Where did it go, dog? Oh man, it only seems like it's 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 what it's expected. I don't want this. I individuals who know the truth, they are going to do whatever they need to do to defend yes. their, defend and keep their position the way, yes. the way it is, right, wrong, or indifferent. Yes. That's true that we don't define ourselves by the standard of what, uh, what you would call a Jewish person would define or through whatever Jewish thought you would have. We define ourselves through what text says. We're just reading what, we're just reading it and taking it for what it says, doing the research and saying, okay, this has to be, or without any doubt, without saying yet, you know, like you eloquently put earlier, it's not something that we, be that we believe. It's something that we know oh, and defining man. it through text. I don't mm. know. It just seems to me mm. that this is just a defense mechanism to, to, simply protect the power that they have yeah and but that's no different than any time in the in our, in our past of our, our ancestors we've been given a narrative to believe and because we won't read because what does the text say my people perish for a lack or want of knowledge they don't even want it 
when the information is sitting in front of them in order for them to verify and follow and have this lifestyle, if you knew the opulence and the ostentatiousness of the Most High, you wouldn't be falling for this trickery because you don't want the knowledge. You don't care. You want somebody else to spoon feed it to you. And then you get upset when the atrocities that are happening to our culture happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, there was another one I had here, and I just lost it, and I cannot find it. it just was another a, quote from these guys saying, there hey, was another. It was another quote by somebody else, and um, now I cannot find it. Darn yeah, I mean, it. there's a bunch. The, the thing that you were reading there, which was interesting, was that this is that Every time that we step in front of these microphones, we try our best. If we're going to make a statement or try to prove a point, we do it like you so eloquently have put in the past. We do it like we're making a case in front of a judge and jury. Yeah. We have our, yeah. our resources. We yeah. cite our sources. This individual is over here pontificating about defining what a people is. And at least if you're going to convince somebody, do it through the text. Because right. we, we have countless times said this is who you are as a people this is who this is talking to and here is the the text in contextual correctness <laughs> to justify our position oh, this I individual didn't seem i mean is it, again it's just saying whatever yeah this is what this appears to look like yeah yeah without any scriptorial references without to debunk any, what we're talking what we're about. talking about exactly and, and so I, I i want you i want you all and 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 another another thing i want to talk about before before i get to miss listen i'm discovering that even in the city that we live in mm -hmm. and i was perusing through uh facebook and I came across a number of people who are Hebraic in thought. Okay. And um, while they're Hebraic in thought, um, and I and I and I listen to or I read to, to their, their comments and what they're saying and, and how they're responding, how they're how they're acting. Um, there is a critical component that's missing and that critical component that's missing is that as hebrews we want to gravitate to in my opinion okay the wrong thing mm. there is no scripture text where the most high admonishes us to learn the language okay and so now we have True. we have this big dispute going on between paleo and modern Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the various, there are various, um, um, I don't want to call them sect, but there are various portions of Hebrew Israelites who pronounce the father's name, uh, uh, Yahuwah. Or Yahuwah. And, uh, and of course, we, mm -hmm. we pronounce it Yahweh mm -hmm. with, with, with the vowel points. Correct. Okay. And uh, in my in my humble opinion, and then we have this idea that we have to dress a certain way. Mm. And and I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing this, this I'm not 
disparaging that thought. I'm only trying to make a point that when I look at Scripture mm -hmm. and I look at who we are trying, who not who we are trying, but who we are, mm -hmm. and I look back at Joseph. Mm. Joseph went down into Egypt, and in Egypt, his whole countenance and his whole appearance changed, but who he was didn't change. Right. Right. When his brothers went down to see him, they didn't recognize him. That's correct. Because he looked like an, an Egyptian, Egyptian, but yeah. he was a Hebrew. That's right. And guess who else was one, too? Huh. We tend to forget about. Who? Our great master head teacher, Moshe. Moshe. He was an Egyptian. They identified him as, as an being Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he went and he went to uh, to into so, his father Yitro's house. That's what so they called I, him. I'm only saying. I'm only saying this. Um, you don't have to change your appearance to be Hebrew. And I get it. Being slaves in the in this in the places that we have been. Listen. We already know that the historical accounting of diaspora and exile do th do several things. They change your name, they change your diet, and they change your God. Okay, those three things happen. We know that. We know that by by reading Daniel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, we have lost our original name. We don't know my ancestors. My ancestors don't know that came to this continent don't know what their original names were. We've taken on the names of our slave masters. That's true. We understand that. Right. And to go back to choose a name that is associated with uh, with our forefathers, Abraham, Nishkak, Yaakov, and the Hebrew people, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But none of those are the principal thing. Right. There's another narrative that's glaring in that text. There's nothing that's, that's not the principal thing. The principal thing to being a Hebrew Israelite is that you and I obey these laws, these rulings, these misfotes that I'm giving to you and that you cling to the most high. That's what's important. That flows right. all through script. If you're not talking to me about that, then we got a problem. Right. Right. We're getting so yeah, we're getting caught up on the some petty issues instead of the main goal. It's not what I look like. Mm-hmm. It's not the name I have. It's whether or not my heart and my soul have gravitated to his commandments. It's correct. Commandments. Commandments. Mm -hmm. Misfos. Statues. Laws. Mashe says, Mashe says in Deuteronomy 4, the Most High commanded me to teach you laws mm -hmm. and rulings. He didn't teach me to tell you culture. And besides that, we go to the prophets and I, I, I was thinking, I was walking through my house this morning. I'm going, you know, people are always, wow, what's your reference? Uh, the prophets didn't have no reference. They just spoke what the Most High told them to say. The prophets didn't say, well, turn in my book to chapter number three and verse four, and I'll tell you. No, I'm going to tell you something. The Most High said, when that 
day comes. That day happens to be the Messianic era. Mm -hmm. My name will be one and the language will be one. Mm -hmm. And in this exile, there is no commandment for me to learn Hebrew. But there is a commandment for me to obey. That's right. That is. And the interesting thing about obeying is I don't care what version of what you call a Bible is. Those commandments are written in your Bible. Yeah, that's right. May have a vernacular of parlance that's and, and you want to know something different. And but, you want and you want to know something interesting about them, right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know something interesting about them? The Greeks and King James did not know how to alter them to make them say anything other than what the Most High said. That's right. No, not one of those commandments is screwed up. Yeah, you can't endouce it enough with thou this and that and hath this and myth dialect Macbethian language that you can't understand it. It's still going to mean you don't sleep with your 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 daughter or your son. You don't. It still means the same thing. Yeah. If 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 I open any, if I open any y'all's Bible, I don't care whose I don't care whose name is on it. If I go into what you all call the, what they call the Old Testament, which we call a covenant, if I go into Genesis, Bereshit, to Deuteronomy, and I look at what the Most High said is his commandments, guess what they're going to say? They're going to say exactly yep. what Torah says, what's written in the scroll. That's right. Because they weren't smart enough to be able to augment that and change it. That's right. Plus, you know, on the fact that it's, I, I, I wholeheartedly sit up in front of people and said, I believe, not I believe, I know. Because now you got me saying it now. I know yeah. that it's written on your hard drive yeah. and it comes out yeah. standard, factory yeah. standard when you come out of that womb. Yeah. Because there's things that you know that are Torah mitzvot that nobody has to teach you. Exactly. Because they're already written there. Exactly. If, if somebody had to sit you down and say, okay, you know what? We don't do that to the dog, Johnny. We don't do that to the kitten, <laughs> exactly, Sally. Exactly. We 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 keep our stuff to ourselves. No hey, one has Johnny. <laughs> don't go out in the farm. We don't do the chicken. <laughs> no one has to tell you that. That's imprinted there, and it is a Torah mitzvah. Yes. So. You, no matter how much, that's that's how I know that the Most High's word stands to the. T it's impenetrable because you can't jack it up. Listen, you all, in all this opening portion of today's podcast, I want you to know something, okay? I don't know. Well, I do know there are Hebrew Israelites out there that practice both sides of the text. They practice the Hebraic side and they practice the Greek side. We don't. We don't. And we don't, we don't for specific reasons that speak to the set apartness mm -hmm. of the Most High and His Word. Right. And we realize that the individuals that are written in our history, that are part of our ancestry, mm -hmm. and the people that the Most High call to speak for Him were called by him, anointed by him to open their mouth and speak to Hebrew Israel. Right. right. That other side over there, which is written 
the narrative is the the compilation of the Greeks, which come from Japhat, which come from Japhat's son, Yovan, is not authored, nor and and I and I and I know I, I get I get pushback on this, but it is not inspired by the set apart one. The spirit of the most high. Right. And it's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese. <laughs> You've heard me talk about it. So on many various podcasts, and the one that gets me so upset is that writing over there in Hebrews that says that what the Most High spoke to Hebrew Israel did not bring us to the goal, and it mustn't be needs that we have a whole new set of commandments because those didn't bring us to the goal. And that Hebrew writing over there in chapter seven, chapter five is saying to me, if I'm listening to it correctly, and I am, right. it's telling me that the set apart one, whose name is Yahweh, mm -hmm. didn't do a good job. That's right. Let me tell you how much. And if, yeah, and, if, and if he didn't do a good job on that, then you know what? Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it. I want to say it, but I can't say it. <laughs> you know, we are some messed up people. Yeah, we are in dire need of some help, <laughs> some some serious help. But see, you know what? What was what was interesting that that you had said there really sparked my interest was when you said again, it's weakened and affected. Let me tell you what kind of impact. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this a different way, so it resonates because this is how it resonates with us. Okay, when someone says that to us, yeah. this is how we react. So I'm going to say a, a different way. Okay. We just had July 4th. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, and, and here in the United States, we, we celebrate July 4th, the revolution and all no, that jazz. they celebrate they July said, 4th. That's correct. Yeah, I don't want to get on that aw stuff. We, don't, we, still have, we still don't have no independence. Right, right. Not, but, in this, not, not in this nation. Right. We have independence, but not in this nation. That's correct. That's correct. But I, what I really wanted to say, the impact is, is it's like me saying, you know what? And saying on July 4th, standing in front of a good big group of people out there in, in, in Folsom, Roseville, Granite Bay, with a bullhorn and saying, the Constitution of the United States, as great as we think it is, okay. is weak and ineffective and didn't accomplish anything to bring us to our goal. Yeah. Now, how do you think that would go over? Probably yeah, oh, like yeah. a fucking oh, yeah. church. Well, uh, well, I, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something, okay? I got to tell you something. 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 There, <laughs> there, there are some people out there that, that hold to that, to that position. Uh, we should just do away with it because it's are, a piece of there junk. Are some, there, well, there are some people out there that believe that. And the, uh, the, the, the last guy that said, in the chair of the Pontus, uh, he he really wanted to do away with it. <laughs> Don't think he didn't. Now, with that being said, all of that being said, I just I just I just really want you to resonate in your mind and understand that there's a difference between being truly Hebraic in light of Scripture and being Hebraic in a state that looks like, sounds like smells like it could be, but it still has the influences of 
things that are not germane to the most high and his people. We are not those people. Everything that we say and we share with you comes out of the Hebrew text. And if we go across the street to get anything, we go across the street to get something to prove its inaccuracy Mm -hmm. in terms of what the most high is saying. Right. Now, let's get to something. Mitzvot, and I, I talked about this last week, and I, I want to start. I want to start with this with this thought again. When we talk about Torah, we're talking about the ways of life that the Most High has instructed Hebrew Israel to live by. Right? We set aside the we set aside the animal sacrificing in this exile because he knew that we could not do that in this exile there are certain other aspects of torah principles that are not applicable or they're applicable but can't be done in this exile but the ones that can be done in this exile those are the ones that i share with you okay. now we also get to this narrative that you've heard me say over and over again about about not being under the law and that whole verbiage right that whole verbiage is so misconstrued in the minds of people that you think that what the father has given to what he has spoken and has said shall be throughout all your generations has been done away with as ineffective and that jesus christ nailed it to the cross so you don't have to do it Okay. Now, that's that's the thought process that's in that's in people's heads. Correct. Now, I'm going to read something to you. Okay, and I talked about this last week, but I want to bring it in again. There are two aspects of the of the applicability of Torah mitzvot and Torah commandments and statutes and laws that apply to us in two cat in two in two categories. They are, first of all, they're moral. Mm-hmm. And first, and the second thing is that they're ethical. Okay. Those two aspects, we talk about morality. We talk about that which is ethical. Okay. Okay. So I talked last week and we talked about uh, the Torah personality. The total Torah personality is an individual whose behavior reflects all facets of Torah fulfillment both in regard to his personality and relationship with Yahweh and his relationship with his fellow man. The role of character development is an integral component in the spiritual growth process of the Torah Hebrew and a key to the emergence of the Hebrew people as the ethical Torah personality. So now when we talk about Torah, we're talking about something that's not only moral, but is also very, very ethical. Okay. So when we look at these and we start talking about these and we start reading them in terms of what they are and we listen to them, we begin to realize that they are very, 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 very practical and they're ethical. Okay. Let's look at, listen, let's look, let's, let's take one. We're going to talk about something. In Shemot, which is Exodus chapter 23, verses 1 and 2, it says, you are not to repeat false rumors. Do not join hands with the wicked by offering perjury. 
That's falsifying an affirmation affirmation to tell the truth or or a testimony. Mm -hmm. So now, and he says, and do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong and don't allow the popular view to sway you into offering testimony for any cause if the effect will be to pervert justice. Now, question, is that ethical? Mm. Is that moral? Or is it both? And the question on the table, and that's a misvote. Right. Now, the question on the table, has that been done away with? Is that something that in our society that you subscribe to? Now, think about this, okay? You're on trial before a court of law. Mm -hmm. Are you a little (laughs) peeved that somebody is going to come in and give false rumors and give a false testimony and perjure themselves that has an effect on the outcome of the judge and the jury concerning you. Yeah, you can be a little PO. But that's under the law. This this misfold is under the law. Right. It's been done away with. Right. Jesus Christ nailed it to the cross. Right. So you gonna take uh, so you can't say it. Boy, there's so much I can't say tonight. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> All right. Be civil, Robert. All right. <laughs> Be civil. Be civil. Be civil. <laughs> I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And it upsets me. Right. It's the and, hypocrisy and it, is And it's this horrible. kind of thing that I'm reading here that the uh, mega church pastors, the uh, word of faith pastors, want to tell you that the law of Moses. It's death to you. You mean to, no. If somebody, if you go to court and somebody purges herself against you, it's death to your yeah, behind. That's right. Yes, it could very well mean that. <laughs> it's death to your behind. Now, now, do not follow the crowd when it does what is wrong. <laughs> that seems like this just no, 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 common sense. <laughs> Let's go to something that you said, okay? Oh, boy. Okay. You said that the most I said, it's nighty even in your heart and in your mouth. Now, it's in your heart because your mama told you that. Your daddy told you that. Don't, son, don't don't get out there and don't follow the crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. And and don't be swayed. Don't don't be don't allow yourself to be swayed by the popular view, okay? Right. Your mom and daddy told you that. And they probably ain't never read a read <laughs> read none of this. They probably ain't read they probably ain't read none nary a passage of this. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into the aspects of oil and that stuff. That's that's not now. Let's go to Shemot chapter 34. 34. Oh, this is a good chapter. Yeah. All right. Verses 12 through 15. Okay. All right. This is this is the one that's this is the one that's really, really um Oh God. Re- really, really this is the one that this, has this is the one that's got us all. This shows up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They battle this one. In 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 Shaftin. Oh, and Joshua, yeah. Shoftim, yeah. and even today, yes. in Gregorian yeah. calendar 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's listen to it. The prohibition to consume idolatrous worship. Be careful. 
do not make a covenant with the people living in the land where you are going so that they won't become a snare within your own borders. Okay? Mm. Don't make a covenant. Rather, you are to demolish their altars, smash their standing stones, cut down their sacred poles, because you are not to bow down to any other L. Since Yahweh, whose very name is jealous, is a jealous L. Let's stop there. Okay. Now, let's 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 talk about this. For Jeez. Let's, 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 let's take, let's take the foundation. Let's take the foundation of this. Wow. Do not make a covenant with the people living in the land where you are going. Now, because they will be a snare to you. Listen, I just got through saying earlier that these people that are not us are trying to disparage us from being us based upon their narrative intake of which they're not us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, uh, we can't demolish anything. We can't smash anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Physically. Right. But what we can do is we can separate ourselves in worship from worship that is germane to that which is idolatrous. Mm -hmm. Don't have to participate in it. That's correct. Separate yourself from it. Right. Okay. Now, now, because he's, he's jealous. Okay. Do not make a covenant with the people living in the land. It will cause you to go astray after their gods and sacrifice to their gods. Mm. Now, dear ones, I want you to, I already told you, we're, we are solely Hebraic. We're Hebraic to the point that we study, ingest, thrive on everything that's written in our historical book from Genesis. I'm going to use your terminology so you understand from Genesis to Malachi or from Genesis to first and second Chronicles. All of that, all of that is the Hebrew, is the, is the history book of the Hebrew poop people. Mm -hmm. In it, in it, from the Hebrew scroll, from the Hebrew scroll, I'm not talking about translations or transliteration. In the Hebrew scroll, everything that's written in that scroll is germane to Hebrew Israel, mm -hmm. and it is true, and it is factual, it is quantitative, and it can be proven, it can be seen, it can be felt, it can be realized, and it can even be smelled. Mm. It can stand up to the test. Yeah. It's our covenant. Yeah. Now, the question, the question on the table is, if the Most High has made a covenant with us, can he break it? No. But he says, do not make a covenant. So if you make a covenant with something that's not his, you know what a covenant is? A covenant is something that stays with you, which is the reason why we're trying so hard to get Hebrew Israelites that are caught up in 
idolatry, to realize the idolatry and to separate themselves from it. Right, right. Now I realize why they can't. Right, because they made Because they're in covenant with it. Wow. Wow. Sir. (laughs) But, you know, here's the other thing. When you're reading it and the gravitas that you have in delivering that, and it's going to be interesting to listen to this afterwards, because the gravitas behind what you were saying is like, do you realize how heavy that mitzvot is that you just read? We got people across the street at seven o'clock, nine o'clock and 11 o'clock telling you these are the greatest mitzvot. No. You've got some heavy ones over here, and this is one of them because because it's the culmination of where we are now. Listen, meaning. Listen, I can understand. <laughs> I can understand the difficulty of the things that we say about the document across the street and people who are engaged in it, even our Hebrew so-called Hebrew brothers. I can understand it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, wash me and I shall be clean. Purify me with hyssops. Mm -hmm. Do you know? (laughs) My, My son went to Egypt and while he was in Egypt, <laughs> it's funny. Somebody, for some reason, he forgot what hyssops was. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and he somebody had, made him a drink. Had made him some herbal tea that had hyssop in it. Yes. Okay. If you all don't know what hyssop does, hyssop is is like is like an enema, natural lax, a natural natural laxative. Okay, <laughs> so King David is saying, "Wash me, and I shall be clean." Okay, mm-hmm. purify me with hyssop. He's saying, "Get all of the minutia and all of that." which is dung out of me. Right. Right. In order to be where we are and understand what we understand from scripture, mm-hmm. we're not trying to, we're not trying to interpret scripture. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're reading scripture texts mm-hmm. in order for us to even gravitate to this. Mm-hmm. The Most High has washed us and he has purified us with hyssops. I like it. There's no way that we can even agree right. with that across <laughs> the street. Right. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Because I, I got one more thing before you lead his text. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. I absolutely hate it when I go to my doctor and my doctor asks me a question 
have you had a what a colostomy? Yeah, uh, yeah, colonoscopy. Yeah, something well, like that. Here, we're gonna give you this <laughs> this to drink, and you're gonna drink this. I absolutely hate that because I know what the effect of it's going to be. <laughs> Bunch of knots. But the stomach. issue, but the issue is, when I go to the doctor, and he <clears throat> takes that camera, he's going into something that is clean that he can see what he needs to see. Mm -hmm. And the Most High wants us in our soul, mind, and spirit concerning his word to be that clean. Yeah, front and back. Now, you, you were reading something out of Exodus 34, correct? Yes. All right. Now, you stopped. I did. You did. Yeah, I didn't but, finish it. But but you didn't finish it, but... but What's interesting is in what's in verse 27 and 28. Okay. Because it says, Yahweh said to Moshe, write these words down. He's talking about the pretext. Yes. That's there. Write these words down because they are the terms of the covenant that I have made with you in Israel. Moshe was there when Yahweh with Yahweh for 40 days and for 40 nights, during which time, during which time he neither ate food nor drink water you want to see where the first time fasting for 40 days and 40 nights shows up it shows up right here not across the street when he goes off and does whatever he does okay we've seen this before stealing it happens all the time now <laughs> the latter part of this says Moshe I'm gonna read 28 again it says Moshe was there with Yahweh for 40 days and 40 nights, during which the time he neither ate food nor drank water. Yahweh wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the 10 words, or maybe in your Bible, it might say the 10 commandments. You can't have the 10 commandments in two different places. I would assert, and I wanna piggyback off of what you were saying, you were reading something that came from the ten other, the ten words, the ten commandments of the Most High. If you want to call them ten commandments, because yeah. we know there's more yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm only saying that to dispel this issue of Exodus number or Shemot 20, when they get over there and say that when the Most High met the children of Israel at Mount Sinai. That those were the Ten Commandments. Yeah. No, those were no. the Ten utterances. utterances. Those are the Ten utterances that the uh, Most High right. told right. Israel. Right. Those are not the Ten Commandments. Right. right. He yeah. designates yeah. them right here, here in, in, in chapter thirty-four, and the half of them are Moedim. Yes. But it leads with that gravitas, that one that has a lot of weight, in my opinion. Again, with that, which is the one you read. Don't make a covenant with these people when you get into the land. Because they violated that and they allowed those people to stay in there. It will cause you to go astray after their gods and sacrifice to their gods. Then they will invite you to join them in eating their sacrifices. Why are you eating pig? Right. Right. That's a mitzvot that's written in Leviticus chapter 11 where he gives us the dietary laws. Right, right. Oh, did, did Jesus Christ do away with that also? Right. Well, he said all things were clean and we're supposed to eat all foods given Thanksgiving. Pigs, not food. See, see what you're doing what? that we don't do over in he on our side of the street? 
We never have this dichotomy no. going on. We no. don't have this. We don't have Yeshayahu saying something and that's that's totally different than what Moshe has said or what's totally different from what Yahashua said or any of the prophets or any of the judges that have came. They've all been consistent. Yes. It's not until you get across the street where you start saying, well, Yeshua said this and back over in here, it says something different. Right. We don't. There's no conflict. Contradiction. No. There's no ambiguity. The most high is straightforward with what he says. Doesn't speak in parables. Doesn't speak in parables. <laughs> straightforward. And it's, you will take their daughters oh. as wise for your sons. <sighs> their daughters will prostitute themselves to your to their own gods and make your sons do the same. Do not do this. You know. Hank Hanegraaff and this other dude don't realize the history of our people. Our people came out of the land of Africa knowing who their L was. And they cried out to their L. It's simple in context. And somebody stole the lines of their grief. Kumbaya, help us, Yah. They knew that their Elohim's name was Yah. They didn't call him, help us, Jesus. <laughs> they didn't say, help right. us, God. Right. They said, help us, Kumbaya, help us, Yah. Yah is the suffix to the name of the Most High, Yahweh, or if you want to say Yahuwah, it's still the same. And where are we today? It's a misfold. That's right. It's a misfold. Heavy, heavy stuff. Vayikra chapter 3, verse 17. All right. The prohibition to eat fat or blood. <laughs> it is to be a permanent regulation throughout all your generations, wherever you live, that you will eat neither fat nor blood. How come you're having communion except you eat my flesh and drink my and drink my blood? You have no life in you. That's a contradiction. That is a contradiction of the Torah right. and its commandments. Right. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Jesus done away with that. But question is, is it practical? Is it ethical? Is it practical? Yes, it's practical. Yes, it's ethical. What mm -hmm. fat is fat is, is suitable for burning for fuel? They're thick, hard to digest. While the soul is in the blood, the effect of eating blood, man assimilates with himself with the animal's life force, thereby diluting the spiritual quality of his own soul. Mm-hmm. we don't do that. The blood is in the life. The life is in the blood. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't eat blood. Or drink eat blood. blood. And I... No one has to tell you that from a, from a reality standpoint. Oh, here's this goblet of, of blood to drink. Oh, well, wait a minute. Why? Uh, why? Why do you all get so upset when devil worshipers have their meetings right, and they don't. drink blood? That's right. You drink the semblance of blood every time you take communion. That's right. What's the difference? Right. Well, it's not blood. Well, 
You're simulating it as blood. That's it might right. as well be blood. That's right. I tell you, misvotes, misvotes. Now, let's talk about something that is germane to all of us, and those are the offerings that also show up in Vayikra. Leviticus, rather. Yeah, Vayikra. Hmm? That's it. In Hebrew, we call these offerings the Ola, the Kataz, the Minka, and the Sham, and, and the Shalamin. All, all five of these offerings are germane to the Most High. The first four, the Ola, the Kataz, the Minka, the Sham, are what we define as the most holy of them all. Um, in Vayikra chapter 6, verse 2, says, Yahweh said to Moshe, give this order to Aaron and his sons. This is the law of the burnt offering, the Hebrew Ola. It is what goes up, Hebrew and Ola, on its firewood upon the altar all night long until morning. In this way, the fire on the altar will keep burning. Now, We've interp we we have tried to interpret that as being prayer, mm. okay? But literally, the Ola offering was a burnt offering in which that an animal was attributed for the sake of whatever this Ola is about. The Ola offering is called an elevation offering. It is an ascending offering in relationship to the sin of thoughts that are garnered in our hearts and that are wrong but are not carried out in deeds. This offering is to remain on the altar all night long. It This is because most evil thoughts are garnered in the mind during the night. Uh, Micah says, woe to those who think, Micah 2 and 1 says, woe to those who who think up evil and plan wickedness as they lie in bed. When morning comes, they do it since they have it in their, in their power. Now, let's explain this. People who are very drawn to the set-apart one, mm -hmm. the Most High, endeavor to keep their souls in a state of righteousness before the Most High. Mm -hmm. And they are individuals who are always cautious about thoughts in their mind, thoughts in their heart, and things and evil thoughts that are garnered throughout the day or whatever, so that when they go to sleep at night, their prayer is to forgive them of these kinds of things. Their, their consciousness is directed to keeping their heart and their soul righteous and pure before the Most High. Okay. This is called the Ola offering. Okay. <laughs> How do we carry this misfit out? The action is simple. 
As people of the Most High, it is our responsibility to always be in a state of repentance. It is in reference to the state of mind in which the Most High tells us to be set apart. For I am set apart. I thought I'd turn this thing off. <laughs> Down. Here my knees. Okay. For I am, I am set apart. Mm-hmm. The Asham or the Kataz and the Asham are sin offerings. Vayikra 6 and 10. It is not to be baked with leaven. I have given it as their portion of many offerings made by fire, like the sin offering, Kataz, and the guilt offering, the Asham. It is especially holy. Mm. So the Kataz is a sin offering. Offerings are germane to sin that's committed through error. Mm. Now, is this is this practical? Is it is it moral? Is it ethical? Uh, do we commit sins by as a as a matter of error? Well, yeah, we do. Now I'm gonna go across the street and grab a piece because it's over there, and it says it low hanging fruit. Yes, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's hanging. I know, pick it. <laughs> If we say we have no sin, we lie, and the truth is not in us. Not in us. So there has to be an offering that takes care of the errors that we make. That's correct. And get forgiveness for it. Mm -hmm. The Asham sin is for sin of sacrilege and making false oaths and presumptuous sins. So now he's given us a, a way to cure the idea of presumptuous things that we do, right. which is called the katas. And guess what? Right. Oh, this is in the misfos, and these are laws that are written in Torah, and these these, these that, I've, that I've given you are part of your everyday life. You right. do them, you just don't know what they're called, and somebody told you they have been done away with. Right. Now you do them. Right. The menka. Mm-hmm. This offering is related to sins committed through error, sacrilege, false oaths, presumption. The difference is in what is being offered. The Olakatash Hashem are all animal offerings, whereas the Minka is a meal offering. Meal offerings are brought by people who are poor and cannot afford the price of an animal or sacrifice for them. Now, it's not about whether or not in this exile you have animals or you have flour or whatever. The issue is that the matter is that Sin has to be dealt with. Correct. It's got to be dealt with one way or another. True. And in this particular case, the blood of animals in our text back in the land was the issue that was the sacrifice for your sin. Correct. Oh, you mean... There was nobody in Israel that was willing to step up and be the sacrifice for your sin and die for you? No, no, not at all. It was an animal. That's right. I think you got one more left, don't you? Uh, let me see. I think you got one left. Yeah. Well, no, that did it. And one more? I think so. Menka. Shalom. Oh. Oh, I have Okay, yeah, the Shalomim. Shalomim, yeah. Okay. The Shalomim offering is, or the peace offering, or the Todah offering of thanksgiving. Vayuka chapter 7, verse 11 through 13. Mm -hmm. This is a law 
for sacrificing peace offerings offered to Yahweh. If a person offers it for giving thanks, he is to offer it with a thanksgiving sacrifice of unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil, matzah spread with olive oil, and cakes made of fine flour mixed with olive oil and, and, and fried. With cakes of unleavened bread, he is to present his offering together with the sacrifice of his peace offerings uh, for giving thanks. Now, I, I need I need to go somewhere here. I need to get somewhere else Cause, here. Because if you somewhere. don't go there, I'm going to go there. Okay. <laughs> but I think you're going to do it right now. Well, I don't know. In, in the helium, which is Psalms 19, verses 13 through 15, it says, who can discern unintentional sins Cleanse me from hidden faults. Also keep your servant from presumptuous sins so that they won't control me. Then I will be blameless and free of great offense. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your presence, Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Yahweh, Psalms 51, 17, 19. Open my lips then my mouth will praise you for you don't want sacrifices or you would you or i would give them you don't take pleasure in burnt offerings my sacrifice to el is a broken spirit which you won't spurn or a broken and a chastened heart so within the within the framework of these offerings which we do just don't know the name of them mm -hmm. okay we come to a place of set-apartness by always being in a place of teshuva or of repentance. All right. Now, what were you going to say? Now, all of those types of offerings have something in common. Yes. They all have something in common. Yes. And where I'm going to go with this is that none of them deal with the issue of premeditated no, sin exactly meaning that these are it's something that's uh thanksgiving uh something that's uh like you enumerated uh inadvertent mm -hmm. you're doing them in air you've you created some error that you didn't know about right this these are not offerings there's no offering or sacrifice for premeditated sin meaning if you know that eating pork and eating bottom feeders and having Sexual immorality, to name a few, is wrong. It's in text, you've read it, and you understand that it comes from the Most High, and you do it anyway. There is no sacrifice for that. On earth, in the Hashemayim, or whoever claims to have come down from the Hashemayim to earth. Oh, oh, but that's written over in Hebrews too. <laughs> Once you've come to the knowledge of the truth, there therefore remains no sacrifice. No sacrifice. So now, hold on, though, but 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 I I can't I can't leave them hanging there. Okay, all right. I can't because if I did that, then there would be no way for a person to ever get back to the Most High. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, that's good, good. Mm -hmm. Now, while it is that these that this this uh, premeditated action that violates the Most High happens 
and we know it, the only way that you and I can get back in right standing with him goes back to the text that I just read. Right. We have to come with a broken and a contrite spirit. Mm-hmm. He said, that in no wise will I despise. Now, 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 you have to, def- now, this, this is the tricky part. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to define brokenness in the context of the most high's mind, not yours. True. Very true. Very true. Which means that your teshuva and your brokenness has got to be heartfelt enough that the most high accepts it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Too many body blows and uppercuts we throw in tonight. Now, as a community of people, I am I am my brother's keeper. Okay. Because in Vaiqua chapter four, verses thirteen and fourteen, he says, if the entire community of Israel inadvertently makes a mistake with the assembly being unaware of the matter and they do something against any of the misfolks of Yahweh concerning things which should not be done, they are guilty. When the sin they have committed becomes known, then the assembly is to offer the sacrifice as a sin offering and bring it before the tent of meeting. So now in this exile, if we as a community, if something happens in the community that inadvertently is against any of the mitzvot of the Most High and we become aware of it, then we have to deal with it as a community. Mm -hmm. And if we don't deal with it as a community and we know about it, then we become guilty of what has taken place. Right, right, right. That's not difficult. I mean, I mean, let's 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 just take it take it out of Hebrew context. Mm-hmm. So something happens in your church, okay, that inadvertently goes against the tenets of your church. Yeah, you know, the bylaws or whatever was yeah. set. Okay, and uh, somebody knows about it, brings it. Yeah, brings it attention. attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you all just sweep it under the carpet, or do you deal with it? Yep, you got to deal with it. Uh, in most instances, you sweep it under the carpet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I spent all, I spent the majority I meant the, spent the majority of my life inside the Christian church. So I'm like Shaul. I've been on both sides of the track. I know oh, I okay. know I know Torah, and I I know I I know both sides of of of, of the of the narrative. Vayikra mm. <laughs> chapter four, verse twenty seven, twenty eight. If an individual among the people commits a sin inadvertently, does something against any of the mitzvahs of Yahweh concerning things which should not be done, he is guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's levels to this. There's yes. the one. There's 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 offerings for the individual, offerings for the leaders and the community, and offerings. I think you might hit on it for the divine leadership if they 
Yeah. And if uh, and in Viagra chapter five, verse one, he said, if a person who is a witness sworn to testify sins by refusing to tell what he has seen or heard about the matter, he must bear the consequences, the consequences. <sighs> this is permanent in order to purge evil and distance people from sin. And of course, the rest of it is obvious. Let me see, we got, okay, let's, let's do this last one. Okay. Y equal chapter five, verse 17, talks about the Asham offering, which we already talked about. Okay. If someone sins by doing something against any of the mitzvahs of Yahweh concerning things which should not be done, he is guilty, even if he is unaware of it and he bears the consequences of his wrongdoing. <clears throat> Asham is the sin that occurs when one is not sure or there is a matter of uncertainty. <clears throat> One's conscience troubles him. If your conscience condemns you, yeah. Yahweh it's greater is greater than your conscience. Than your conscience. So there's a few uh, tonight that I, I want I want to talk about I wanted to talk about we'll we'll pick this up again uh, because I I, I mean a, a, as I look and I listen to all the individuals who carry the banner of a Hebrew Israelite there's something that we should all have in common right and the commonality should be more than than keeping the Sabbath. It should be more than than honoring the dietary laws. Yeah. It should be more than what da-da-da-da-da-da-da. King David said in Psalms 119, he asked the Most High, teach me these. Right. He didn't ask the Most High to teach him the the culture. He knew the culture of Israel. Mm Mm-hmm. But the mitzvot, the laws, the rulings, he says, teach me these, for I meditate upon them day and night. Right. Well, this has been Rabbi Robert Buhoman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. Exile. Shalom. Shalom.